O'Leary, come out and play. <laughs> Where the fuck are you, O'Leary? You said you were going to show up. Yo, Robo, uh, apostrophe. Where you at? O'Leary. Oh, man. Didn't show up. Should call you Anthony or Veghorst. True. <laughs> but yeah, we're here. We showed up. O'Leary didn't. Episode 27, Premier Pep Talk. Premier League weekend just wrapped up with Fulham and Tottenham. And we got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. We're supposed to have a guest. We keep teasing him. You probably think he's our imaginary friend at this point. But um, yeah, he's not showing up. But we're not going to delay the talk. Because the big game this weekend, uh, Arsenal versus Man United at the Emirates took place yesterday at 11.30 a.m. U.S. time. And boy, was it a doozy. And uh, the Arsenal the Arsenal Gunners come out on top once again, 50 points halfway through the season. On pace for 100 points. And uh, they keep on rocking and rolling. I'll give my breakdown, but I would like yours because we really didn't talk about it. You said save it for the podcast. We kept it very brief. But what was your take as a City fan? Chase us down to two points uh, at about an hour before that game. With a game, We got a game in hand, though. So what was your thoughts? I was impressed. Um, I was really impressed with... with- United. Uh, great game, first off. I want to get it out there. Great from a neutral's perspective to enjoy and kind of take in. Um, the overall, from what I would say, as a, as, a, as a City fan, I am thankful for what United showed on, on Sunday. Um, the, the fight, the, the pushing... It showed me a little bit of, obviously, Arsenal got the result. Obviously, Arsenal and the consistency in those last five to ten minutes of really trying to get that third goal, um, it's impressive. It's very much from what I've seen these years past in City. So I I loved seeing that um, from Arsenal. Um, but I'm I'm appreciative of United this weekend. I will say I'm I think I saw enough to get some get some hints of the fact that they're human against a top team. Um and Ben White, the Partey mistake. Uh I thought Martinelli was attacking and aggressive. I know you shared your frustrations with 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 me about him. Um I do think to a certain now we can go back and forth on VAR. I've said it as a City fan. I don't want to do that about VAR unless it's like what City had to deal with. But pitching about the refs is not something you want to do when it comes to a championship run. You want to be able to say that you took care of it. Ultimately, I feel like Arsenal deserved the win because of how they attacked to end the game. So it's really hard to kind of argue that United deserved the draw. But I would say if you're United, that's that that's that's a gutting gutting loss um because you showed enough to play it you you proved me way wrong i did not think you were going to come out and really try to go at them uh props to ten hag for that um i think it speaks more to the attitude and the notion that 
we did it without Casemiro. He was quoted as saying that um, that they won without him, so we can do it again, kind of thing. We've shown we've done it. So, um, Weghorst, trash, bro. I don't know what we're seeing or what the deal is, but sorry. I, last I checked, nobody signs false Niners. You sign strikers. Last last I checked, I don't know. Um, or you could have gone center center uh, forward option and gone with Jao Felix. I don't know. Anthony, I don't know. Missing it. Wambasaka, okay. I, I can say it now. You're playing well. Now. Mm, good one-on-one defender. Terrible off ball. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, listen, he was still linked to Crystal Palace return loan two weeks ago. So I'm not sitting here. I've been very hesitant on giving him his flowers. But in this game, in this moment, I don't even know what the player rating was. I thought he, held, I thought he did enough. I was, I was impressed. I, yeah, I think he had a great... Yeah. He's a good one-on-one guy, but off the ball, he's awful. He has no, he has no idea how to defend off the ball, and he got caught yeah. out on that first goal by Enketia. Um But yeah, they, Man United was good. Make no mistake about it. Very good. Um, yeah. They showed. My my whole thing was they beat a lot of easy teams, play some good teams, and perform like that, and then we could say you're legit. Um, but they were good, so you got to give them props. Um, it was a great one-week title run. Uh, that was really fantastic. Um, Saturday to Sunday was the best eight days uh, that Man United have had in a while. So props to you on that eight-day title run. That was impressive. Um, but, yeah, they were good. They were good. I had to throw that shot in there because uh, they were getting annoying. But um, it, I think good. it shows how far they've come, Brian. It's how far they've dropped. It's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, it, it, the, the fact that you can even have a week to say all that, to get that hyped up, it's just there's been no writing of it. And it's okay yeah. to say that there's been no writing of it. But you can't allow yourself as a fan base to get too caught up in a certain situation. Read through it a little bit better. You guys were slapping mediocre to bad teams. Mm-hmm. When Yes, yep. if you make the statement as a United fan, Will City do it? What's the difference? Championship proven, bitch. That's the fucking difference. Well, Arsenal are doing it. What's the difference? They're literally the best team in fucking Europe right now, bro. Have you seen what they're doing? Them and Napoli. Look at the fucking records, bro. They're just not stopping. So uh, it's shameful, honestly. But go on. Yeah, no, they they played well. Um I still think they're going to – I picked them for top four, but I think while they played well, they played well for about 60 minutes. That last 30 minutes, they let yep. us grow into the game. I thought that Lissandro goal was pretty fluky as well. Bad play by uh, Ramsdale. Tommy Asu just came on. Their communication was off. They clattered into each other. Lissandro hits it perfectly, volleys it over everybody in defense. Kind of a fluky goal. If that doesn't go in – then we're talking a, a totally different game. But like I said, I give them their props because that first half they went toe-to-toe with us. And, uh, yeah, I was worried. No no lie. When that Rashford goal goes in, I was very, very worried. Uh, great goal by Rashford. Um, but, yeah, there, there's – the reason I say I think they might – you all right over there? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I, I say I think they might struggle is because we saw it in that second half. They had nobody to, to switch it up on the bench. <clears throat> and the transfer window's closing. 
can they really add that much? So <clears throat> I think they're going to wear down as the season goes on. And I said yeah. this before, a lot of their big six top wins were all at home. Now they got to go on yeah. the road. <clears throat> they played well at the Emirates yesterday. Are you going to go to Stanford Bridge and play well? Actually, I think that might be their one game outside. But are you going to go? Are you going to go to the Anfield and play well? Are you going to go to Hot, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and play like that? They played well yesterday, but as the season goes on, Carabao Cup two legs, FA Cup still in that Europa League got to play an extra round. You saw the lack of depth. If Rashford isn't doing anything in that attack, there's not a whole lot there. You can't count yeah. on Martial. The guy's always hurt. And even when he is fit, he's just okay. So once Rashford started slowing down, they really didn't have anything for us in that second half. Really didn't. And I think they should get top four, but it's it's going to be a battle. They gotta they gotta they gotta battle their way through it. You know, it's not a guarantee for sure. I see a lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, they definitely got." I don't know. I don't know. They, while they played well, there's a long way to go for them. And it's Tottenham still three points behind them, and we see. As bad as they are, they still have Harry Kane, who's got 15 goals and can just mm-hmm. bail them out of a bad performance anytime. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, that, that, that's what I think about Man U. A couple things you said there that I want to respond to. What, what's with the VAR thing? So I just thought initially the Sinchenko pass in. Um, I thought, I was it tyranny? I, I don't know. No. Uh, no Trossard to just Zinchenko. Trossard, to yeah. Tressard uh, passed to Zinni. Um, it was on out of context football. Uh, I started to see a few things about it fr- from the naked eye. Now, the the other thing to point out, I think we've talked about this a little bit about VAR. Um, they are not. It's not a situation where, as this and this is a solo American perspective, right? You're not probably Europe's probably not saying these types of things, but the whole concept of seeing the instant replay, seeing a play, and thinking that the evidence has got to be enough to overturn the call. That's an American mm-hmm. concept. That comes from an American football concept. That comes from baseball, all the other the, the NBA replay, things like that. That is not the case when it comes to... Um, Do you see it? Yeah, as, yeah, as you're pulling it He's up. He's yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I said fair play in the text message. <clears throat> yeah, this has already been uh, acknowledged. Um, so We have to acknowledge it on the pod. <clears throat> So the important factor is that the as they play on and let it go, when we go back and look at the situation, there doesn't have to be overwhelming evidence. There's just got to be an understanding of it. I didn't know what they were searching for. Kind of similar to the, the second penalty call um, in the City Wolves game. They didn't show me a clear-cut look at when Gundo got clipped. I didn't see exactly yeah, what they were looking too. for from from a VAR and Peacock. I just think it's second branding, still trying to figure out the the yeah. the, the viewing. <clears> and but how Sky it works. didn't show it as well. I think it's, Peacock. I think Peacock simultaneously shows the 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 Sky broadcast, but with their own commentary, American, huh. um, because Peacock and Sky didn't show that first uh, pass from Trossard. They only showed he, the Enketia finish. Yes. Yes. And that's what kind of got had me like, are we not even looking at that kind of kind of thing? Um, I've heard rumors that they're doing this in FIFA and, and under 20s and, and, and certain club games and, and matches. Um, 
the notion that the referee gets to actually speak to and announce it to the stadium, what they're saying and what they're looking at. So it's it's not it's not a perfect scenario, right? We know this is always a constant thing. But again, from a FIFA God's perspective, Arsenal deserved the win because of how the game was going and the attacking style. I can't tell you if you not a couple times I felt like United on the counter were really trying to do it there at the end, but they just weren't clean. They were tired. Rashford was already kind of giving his all. So to your point, with later in the season for United, it's going to be tough for them to get worn down. Um, but yeah, I, Arsenal definitely deserved the win with how they closed the game, how they kept going at them. Uh, it, it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah, great game. And uh, <clears throat> those are the type of wins that define a season. Those are the type of wins. Those three points, those two extra points that we got could have been a draw could be the difference between winning the title and finishing in second. So I think it was a super important win there. And uh, from from a fan's perspective, I mean, excellent, excellent game. I mean, I couldn't sit still the whole game. Uh, close. I thought Man United has a shot to win or draw. A draw would feel like a loss for me personally. Um, so I, I couldn't sit still. My heart rate was like 125 at one point. Excellent, excellent game. And, yeah, just from Arsenal standpoint, just so impressed with this team, man. They just – they always have that extra gear. And you saw it yesterday. Man United, they came for a fight. They pushed us. They, they put us down 1-0. Xhaka, great cross in, Eddie Nketiah, header. And we will talk about Eddie Nketiah because I owe him an apology. I think a lot of Arsenal fans do, and I will give that apology. I'll eat the humble pie. And boom, important goal, five minutes after the Rashford goal. I think if Man United go into that that half one nothing, that's, that's you know, could be looking at a different ball game there. Um, so that was a very important goal to get back, one nothing. Come out first half, they're still playing good. Kyle Saka with one of the goals of the season, absolutely fantastic left-footed curler in the corner, keeps the ball low, just a, a beautiful finish. Everybody's face was like, holy shit, did he just do that? And then while Rashford in the first half goes to the North Bank, the Arsenal fans, and does his celebration where he touches his head, Bakayo Saka says, no, 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 you're not doing that here. I'm going to go to our fans and celebrate the way you did. That right there, <clears throat> this kid, they call him Star Boy. He's becoming a true world-class star right in front of our faces. <clears throat> Unbelievable. And now you can see he's, he's feeling himself now. That's something a year ago he wouldn't have done. But he said, no, 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 no. This is my fucking house. I'm the star of this show. I'm going to get a better goal than you. Yours was a banger. Cool. Mine's better. I'm going to take your celebration, and I'm going to celebrate with my fans. That's, that's the next level. When you're just you're having fun, you're feeling yourself, and you were just one-upping players on the field, and you're just doing it for fun. He, he's, he's in the. Would you call him world class at this point? Because I think at this point, the consistency, 14 goals last year, eight assists. Season before that wasn't as high, but he's he's on pace for another 16 goal season. I mean, would you call him world class at this point? I mean, he's fullbacks are having nightmares about him. They're they're going to Bakayo Saka meetings. They're all having meetings and saying, man, 
Did you play Bakayo Saka this week? No, I played him two weeks ago. I'm still I'm still on BTSD. We need, we need a counselor. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear he's world class and to make the argument otherwise. I mean, he's been world class for, for two, three years now. I mean, he's he's uh, he's a starter for England for me. I mean, he he one hundred percent. Yeah, the guy's incredible. Yeah. At such yeah. a young age, he's doing things um, extremely well. Still. Yeah, Un- unbelievable. And his mentality is just rock solid. And then they come back. Aaron Ramsdale has a terrible mistake. Lissandro, little Lissandro, puts it over everybody. And um, yeah, terrible, terrible mistake. Two two, <clears throat> and. You know, we get to the 80th minute. You know, we're pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, but hey, it's getting to the point where Man U could could get a win, and by win I mean could get a draw. Because make no mistake, getting Man United getting a draw yesterday is a total win for them, absolute total win, especially without Casemiro. Yeah. And then yeah, 90th minute magic, Zinchenko, who was fucking everywhere on that pitch yesterday. Uh, there was a point where I, I looked to my right and Zinchenko was in my fucking living room. That guy was everywhere yesterday. Unbelievable. And <clears throat> I, I think he's a more important signing than Jesus. His mentality, you see when we get the winner, he goes into the crowd and starts hugging people in the crowd. He's roaring all over the pitch, never got rattled at one moment. He was a calm, he was a calm presence there. You know, I think they tried their best to, to, to rattle Odegaard. And Zinchenko kind of stepped up into that role, kind of moved much further than he does up in the pitch and kind of played that Odegaard role. He was he was basically playing as a second number 10 yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely insane. The class of that guy, the ball is just on a string at his feet. He's just controlled that game yesterday. It was a world, world-class performance from him. And then uh, <clears throat> passes it in the middle, gets a little deflection, Eddie with a true poacher's goal in the right place at the right time, taps it in. And yeah, it looked like I thought it was offsides. I didn't celebrate the goal. I thought, I thought from the naked eye, that was offsides. You see the first paths, they didn't do the lines, but it looked very close. So I was worried about that. And then the second one, they show Juan Bisaka played Eddie on side. And that wasn't really that close. They did the lines for that one. And, uh, <clears throat> Incredible win. Emirates is rocking. The connection between the fans and the players is unbelievable. Um, and yeah, it just it feels like it feels like a, a title winning season. It has that feeling. Um, everything's going right for us at this moment, you know. And yeah, and here it goes. Eddie and Katia, World Cup, Jesus gets injured. We have West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle, Tottenham, away, Man United. Tough five games coming back from the World Cup. Very tough five games. You know, West Ham, bad form, so that's probably the easiest. But Brighton, surprise team this season, going away at, at Brighton as well, where they play very well. And then Newcastle. And you get 13 out of 15 points. And Eddie and Ketia in that time, four Premier League goals, two, what was it, uh, FA Cup goals, uh, six goals in five games, six goals in six games. Um what can I say? I mean, I did not think he was good enough to step into Jesus's role. Um, but the kid, you talk about an elite mentality for Saka. I, I see that same mentality in Ketia. One, 
he gets scrutinized by the Arsenal fan base. I would never, never personally dig at him on this podcast. But I, I question his ability. I didn't see it. I did not see that he was able to be a good striker. Um, I think you even agree with me. He's probably not good enough to be a, a striker for a, a, a contained period of time for Arsenal. Correct? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of said that. But he's improved so much. He's not only getting goals, but he's holding the ball up. He's dropping deep. He's gained some strength. He's not getting pushed off the ball. He was actually doing some stuff that Jesus does, dropping back little one-twos with Saka, getting in the box, little one-twos with Odegaard. That stuff has impressed me more than the goals. And then what I really like about this kid is, one, like I said, none of the Arsenal fans believe in him. But two, he you see this a lot with strikers. They miss a chance, and then they shy away from the rest of the game. They hide from the ball. They don't want that second chance because they know if they get it and they miss it again, then it's going to be even more pressure for the third. He never yeah. shies away. He always takes the shot. He always goes for the ball. That first goal looks like an easy header, right? But the movement and the instinct was very Haaland-esque. You know, a lot of people bash on Haaland. Uh, he only gets tap-ins. But Haaland is elite because of his movement, his instincts, that striker instinct he has is world-class. That first goal was very Haaland-esque. His movement to get into the right spot and boom, bang it in. That was very Haaland-esque, almost Ian Wright-esque as well. One of my favorite uh, old Arsenal players. And then just the instinct at the end as well to tap it in. I I mean, I'm going to say this right now. If Jesus was healthy for the game, for the next Premier League game, he's he's coming off the bench. Four goals in five games in the Premier League. You cannot bench Eddie Nketiah right now. Like I said, he's not only getting goals. He's playing well. He's doing stuff off the ball. He's holding up play. He's playing very, very well. What did you think of his play? And do you agree with me that he would have to – Jesus would probably have to come off the bench? Well, I that, I don't know about that. Or maybe start on the wing. I, I think there's – so many things to, to consider with, with that. What, what I would say about Eddie is this. I think Arsenal fans are starting to realize their own quality for what it is. Because I'm not trying to sound like taking it back to a city thing, but this is exactly what a city thing is. Your training grounds are producing better football than some clubs are doing on match day. So when you make the statement about your own club and your own player and questioning the ability of your own club and your own player, we fail as Arsenal and City fans to realize that the level of our training is higher than some of the other team's best ability. And I think that's where we lose sight. Guys like Miguel and guys like Pep, they look at Eddie Nketiah, they look at Rico Lewis and say they're doing it in the training. They're doing it in front of us with the rest of these big top players. And we've got to confide in them to be able to do it because they've earned it on the training ground. Um, I, I, I think, I think just off generalization, 
you're a little bit more quick draw, knee-jerk reaction than I am. So we're naturally going to have different of opinions on certain players. Eddie is one that I I definitely agreed. I don't think he can be an in-and-out starter right now. I also don't think Julian Alvarez is. I also don't think Julian Alvarez should be off my team. So it's situations where he had an opportunity to show himself. He's proven it 100%. And you like that because like Saka, like Foden, like Rico Lewis, these are players in the academy. And when you're a Chelsea and you're a Liverpool and you're even a United when you're in situations when you're looking up to these teams and the consistency of what Arsenal's about to bring, because I'll say it too, let's just get it out there. This is not a one-year fluke. If you think Arsenal are only going to be doing this for one year, you are moronic in thought. They are going to be good. This is going to be a rivalry for years. To, in fact, I would actually concede the notion that City have to do more on, on the transfer window and on the other end to actually catch up to the potential projections of the consistency that's coming in the next few years. I actually think Arsenal have the edge up just with the age and the roster and the salary and Miguel and the freshness. Everything seems to be a lot more higher uh, of a stock for the, ne- for the recent future um, and compared to anyone else, I think. So Arsenal or City have to do a good job of maintaining right now. But Eddie Nketiah early on is a great signing of a sign, a great sign of things that we can be a little bit more disciplined with who we go after now because our training is really that much more higher level. And if we can, if we got someone in house that can get it done, let's just ride with them a little bit. I really like what Mikel and Ido have done with not going out and trying to go get a Memphis to pie. Not trying to go out and get a Vlohojevic after Juventus show that they're a corrupt scandal. Um, and maybe they are trying to do these things for the offseason. But right now, you vibe with the guy who's working. That's what you have to do. I mean, it, it, you're, you're sending a, another a, a higher message to other players and other potential signees moving forward if you, do, if you don't back a guy like Eddie right now. So props to Miguel and, and, and Iro for doing the, the, the player development in-house. It works sometimes. I'm looking at you, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of him. Like it, it, like I said, a lot of people have doubted him uh, when he got the, especially when he got the number fourteen, the Thierry Henry number. Um, people were like, "Are you kidding me? How can you give him that number? He don't deserve it." Uh, he, he's, he really shined with everybody doubting him, and he's never wavered. And I said, even on the pitch, like he never, he never ever hides you see that with several strikers that they, they, they'll hide from chances you know even even you know guys like anthony they'll just disappear Gakpo disappear i never see eddie disappear he's always he's always involved and props to arteta like you said i mean because he empowered him and he coached him up he got him to, he got him to strengthen up and he you could tell his touch his touch is a lot better anything like that his skill his shooting is better and yeah, I'm I'm really proud of him. And last thing before we move off Arsenal, Trossard, great ten minute cameo. He uh-huh. came in and fit right in. It's like he's been playing with us all season. Um, you see, you saw in that ten minutes that he's going to be a great signing for us. He's going to be a really great signing. He comes in, 
he gets the pre-assist to Zinchenko. Great run with the ball. And then uh, at the end of the game, too, when we're trying to just see the game out, there was a point where he had like five defenders on him. <laughs> and he has the ball at his feet, and he just wiggles his way out of there and holds the ball for a little bit, time, you know, time-wasting, trying to get to the end of the clock, stoppage time. And, uh, yeah, just a great 10-minute cameo. You saw, you saw his ability right away. And you saw he's going to fit in. You know, some players take a little bit while to, to get used to a new team. Uh, very well scouted. You know, you could tell that Arteta said, hey, this is what we do. We think you already do it. And just keep doing what you're doing. Because Brighton plays a very similar style. Um, they try to dominate possession and, and nice touches and quick quick passes and all that stuff. So it was a genius signing. I'm really happy with that. You definitely tell. Um, yeah can tell right away he's going to be great, great for Arsenal. And, yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, I, I want to talk about a couple players on the United side, too, that I, I – mostly that Anthony guy because 100 million pounds. If he's 100 million pounds or 80 million pounds in England, it's 85, um, 100 million euros. If he's 100 million euros, what's Bukayo Saka? 150? Is that the starting point? Well, for one, he's priceless. Yeah, um, priceless, obviously. But just just on the market, what would you say? If I mean, because that Anthony guy, he is garbage. I'm sorry. Besides besides putting the ball in his left foot and occasionally curling it into the top right-hand corner of the goal, what does he do? G- genuinely, what does he do? He has no pace. He's weak on the ball. And he has an attitude problem. Like we said last podcast – he was yelling at Bruno, calling him a puto. <laughs> uh, and O'Leary, if you want to pitch, which Bruno is a puto, so. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. But, but the, the funny thing here is O'Leary's going to push back on the fact that you said he's got no pace. I can already hear him right now just fuming and messaging you somehow. And let's be clear he had an opportunity to outrun Thomas Partey when he had a full out, almost, if done correctly, he would have had a one on one with the keeper. And Partey on his ass, contesting him closer to the box. Anthony messed his dribble up, messed the entire situation up with the touches, and there was way too much space given. It was ridiculous. Thomas Partey caught up to him. Yeah, he's got catch-up speed, whatever. Regardless, a winger with that possession, that time, that opportunity, does not mess up their dribble and doesn't even get a shot on goal. This man, Partey, took the ball back. It was insane. Clear-cut opportunity. Look look where Anthony is, and look where Partey is. All the way back here. This is a joke. Partey caught him. This is a joke. No And and, and I'll I'll, I'll push back on that. I don't think it might not be necessarily pace. I think it's his touch, his dribbling, his skills. His skills, the same skills he likes to do with the circling and the nutmegging and the dancing, those skills don't mean jack. The spinner. Yeah, the little spin move, the little, the little cyclone thing bullshit that he likes to do. It's sad, <laughs> sad that that guy went for that much and you got swindled. This is why I don't think United will make top four. This is why I think teams like... Uh, I'm thinking teams like Bright. I think they've earned it, man. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I'm going on a lot of, but I, I feel right now they've earned it. We're we're almost we're pretty much at the halfway point. You know, it's 
a lot of things don't come into fruition at this point, right? I get it. I understand. I think Liverpool had 54 points up until this point a couple years ago. We were down yeah, by eight did. points. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't always happen. It's one, one half of the season. But I feel like yeah. Brighton have shown enough camaraderie. Brighton have shown enough pizzazz. They've shown enough style to where they can go get a result. And I see players like Matoma, who, I don't know, use skills that are essential, like cutting. Very direct. Very direct. Yeah, that's the thing that I think. Anthony Lacks. Yeah, he's not direct. He's not, you know, he's, he's. He's not good. I don't like him. Yeah. I just don't he's like very, him. He's very one-dimensional. When he gets the ball, he's not direct. He's always trying to push the ball on his left foot. And this is the Premier League, my friend. Fullbacks are going to figure you out in about two games. So and not they, to mention, the whole league already knows. Yeah. Say that again? Not to mention, they're going to take it from you in attack. They're not one that just sit back and let you do your thing. We want every proper attacking fullback or a good team in the Premier League has fullbacks that go ahead, show them that ball. They get it. We're dusting mm-hmm. you, bro. Now we're on the other end. Now you're playing the left back situation. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see Anthony being able to keep up with this thing. I don't know if Ten Hag, I, I don't O'Leary, I, I'm not trying to trigger you, bud, but I've seen enough. This is just it's not there. It's 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 not there. The 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 Maybe it's what he's asking for him to do. I don't know, but it was a big game, and he looked lost. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he genuinely did nothing. Uh, even even he's not even good passing because he had a couple through balls he could have put to to Rashford, and he overhit him or underhit him. So I I, I don't know what he does, and I, I really don't. And if it, the winger market is insane, that's why like. You know, we'll talk about Mudrick later. He looked really good in his debut. But you see guys like Anthony going for 80 million, Sancho going for. So getting Trissard for 21 million plus at 6 million in add ons, that's good business right there. I'm happy with that. Because you saw in 10 minutes, Trissard had a better 10 minutes than Anthony had a better 80 minutes. That's not even debatable. Yeah. Trissard no, came in, was direct, made an instant impact. Um, Anthony, I, I don't know what he did. I, I genuinely don't. And they're going to have a huge problem on their hands if Jaden Sancho comes back from his little uh, his little vacation in the Netherlands where he was doing God knows what. Um, they're going to have a huge problem if he comes back and he's not if he doesn't kick right into form because you have uh, 160 million pound wingers, two, two, two wingers at 160 million pounds in transfer fees. And let's talk about how much they're making on wages. You know, a lot of people don't forget that. Sancho's making 325K a week. That's shambolic. Anthony's making 210 a week. So they got, they're paying almost 600K in wages, weekly wages to these guys. That's going to be a huge problem because guess what? Anthony keeps playing like this. You're not even going to get Ajax to come back on a loan like they Chelsea did with Inter Milan and Lukaku. You can't move that. I'm sorry. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's where we'll end it. But all in all, like I want to, I want to banter up Man United, but they played well, and you know it was good to have that Arsenal Man U, uh, really two 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 teams on form, 
near the top of the table um, playing each other head to head in a game like that. And for me, um, it was probably the best Premier League game of the season. Um, for sure. I thought it was a quality, quality game. And it had the dramatics and all that. So, yeah, it yeah. definitely did. Um, hot take for you, uh, uh, O'Leary. Um, Jack Grealish playing out of position, going to a left winger, is looking better signing wise than Anthony, who's playing a natural position for a guy who knows him well from the previous league. The other thing I want to throw out there is we've talked about Anthony being a horrible signing. Jaden Sancho has been even worse for you. How horrible of that signing. I, we should play a game. I see Chelsea do this, or Chelsea social media do this often. We should play a game where we should um, just go down the roster of all of our current players at some point and just say it. Transfer or keep. You're going to keep this yeah. guy? Because the wages for for United, that is going to be problematic. Specifically, Why did they pay him that much, Sancho? How did he get three fifty a week? Who's his agent? Uh, the Sancho thing. It, it so I think. How did he uh, get that much? What was he making at Dortmund? We need to find well, out. This, this, this is, is Woodrow, this is insane. I'm sorry. Three fifty. It's not three twenty five. It's three fifty a week. How yeah, the fuck no. did he get that? He that's Salah money. They saw a player <laughs> that won two. I back-to-back academy titles in the Premier League from their rival club in the same city. They saw him. They wanted him from the jump. City, the whole time, when we had these great youngsters coming up, told the world, there's one untouchable, and his name is Phil Foden. Everyone else, we are willing to have a conversation about. That in itself was enough to piss off the Jaden Sancho camp. They did not like that. They did not like the fact that our Stockport King, the next up and future Ballon d'Or winner in the next 10 years, Phil Foden, was our chosen guy. Tiki, Ferran Soriano, all of them. They said, no, he goes nowhere. He's not getting loaned out. He's not doing, he's not doing anything. Sancho was so mad about it. So pissed off. And the rest is history. He was selfish. Sancho showed it in training. Uh, all the signs were there. And again, hijacking. Did it with Fred. Did it with Maguire. United, I'm appreciative of you. I'm thankful for you because this is what, it, this is what it's come to. You hijacked. You did what you wanted. You went out and got players. Three hundred and fifty thousand for a player that was in the academy for Man City. Also, by the way, you, we got some of that revenue too. So thank you for funding other players that we've gotten. But I, I just it, it, it's backwards. This is why they don't deserve top four, Brian. Because you do ass backwards moves like this, and it does. Is it bothering you now? Is it bothering you today? It should, because right now is when you don't want that type of money on the roster. Right now is when you want to be able to tell Ten Hag, hey, guess what? I'm about to clean up this roster for you so we can back you even more. Can't do it because you got guys who are going through shit, 350K a week. Good night. I can't believe that. I honestly cannot believe that. He was making 190 a week at Dortmund. So you double his wages? He's 21. He's not he's not a fucking he's 21. 
I mean, uh, come on, man. That's horrible that's, negotiating. That's, that's crazy. That is that's absolutely horrible. insane. But uh, I, I, it's just shocking. But yeah, let's let's move on to the rest of the weekend. Uh, city Wolves, three zero City. Oh, first of all, what was the uh, score for Arsenal? What did we pick on that one? Oh, I know I got the sack of goal. You were so close with making yeah. this a perfect. I know I had three one. So close. You had three one. You got it. I got two two draw. So I uh, got shitted on with that game and the Liverpool Chelsea game. Uh, but yeah, two ended up being three to two. Arsenal. You chose three to one. I chose two to two. Uh, you did have the soccer goal. I chose Bruno. Bruno didn't get it. Whatever. Fuck off. I don't. I'm not even really that mad about it. Um, yeah. So. Good shout there. We're getting closer with yeah. some of these. I think next year we need to call up Vegas and see what sort of advertisement promotion I we can seriously get. think. And if yeah. not, we'll gladly take your fucking money, Vegas, because at the end of this season, I'm telling you right now, I want to do some sort of calculations as to what we could have won. There's no yeah. way, dude, with the bullseyes you've hit in just the three weeks and just like some this week, too. Yeah. In a month's time, I haven't seen it because I was just putting those in right before we started. Uh, in a month's time with the bullseyes that you've hit. Golly, dude, that that that's a nice little paycheck you could have brought in. I think I hit a bullseye in City Wolves. Did I? What'd you What'd you say? Hold on, I got you I, right I here. I think I did, but you have to look. I think I had either three nothing or four nothing. But yeah, City. While he's looking that up, City win three zero at the Etihad against Wolves. Um. I watched the game. What was it? A Saturday, Sunday morning game, 9 a.m. You know, I'm, I got my eye on City. Uh, oh, you not did. Only, yeah, you boom, did. 3 Um But, yeah, not only do I keep my eye on City because, you know, we're in a title race now, but I enjoy the way they play. And Howland, hat trick, unbelievable. 25, 25 goals already in the league halfway through the season. It's fucking unbelievable. Um, overall, decent game from City. Went to Wol- uh, went to the Etihad. Didn't have to do too much. Wolves were poor. Um, they got that new manager bounce, but I still see problems with their attack. They have trouble stringing passes together. They're not very yeah. organized in the way they attack. Once yeah. once once you guys scored that first goal, I knew it was game over because their attacking patterns are are frustrating to say the least. Wolves. So, uh, what was your thoughts on the game? The greatest part to the game, and I think true City fans would agree to this, the greatest part to the game is giving up, uh, conceding no goals. To have defensive cleanup, um, the scrambling. Uh, I also learned something very interesting for the first time in all of my City love and figuring out. Uh, we do not man mark on the defensive end when we count, when we get countered. We do not man mark. And learning that, learning that we still cover zones um in in the recovery uh it's it's a little frustrating because i think actually i'm i know because i watched a video on it Mikel man marks and mm-hmm. this is something that i think is a little detail that could potentially come up with an issue i'm excited about this week i'm just gonna go ahead and yeah. throw this out there i think I think we got to do something special for the FA Cup. I'm not looking to watch along something for that Friday FA Cup game because it's truly the best of two teams. And I think for our matchup, for us to play one another, 
we should really look to kind of watch that a little bit more intensely to see how things kind of go. Cause I really do believe it's going to be chess over anything. Um, look, man, I'm, I'm happy city scored. I'm happy city won. Um, I don't think that the solution to our problems is going to come after one game. Um, the consistency, hopefully we start a run based on the Tottenham game and the pushback. Uh, I think it's funny. This is a laughable moment. We've had talks about Erling Holland making City worse. It's a joke. Um, it's just a joke. We are different, but to say that we are worse, God, think not Turkey, but I forget one particular fan who says it. It's just so annoying, and it's so not true. Erling Holland has more goals than eight teams right now, Chelsea being one of them. Um, that's hilarious to me. Um, it's too easy. Yeah. It's too easy at times. And it makes you wonder how much of a – why can't we figure it all out? Um, but I want to say something about a particular player that we lost. And He died? I'm trying to, no, I've been trying to find – I'm trying to find the right word. I'm like super serious. This. I'm like, who died? Um. <laughs> I've been trying to find the right words about this, and I think the issue is not the fact that we lost him. I think the issue is the fact that we didn't ever replaced him. And I'm looking at you, Sinchenko. Um, how are you feeling about that? Because I'm not you, you watched him, but you can't tell me that, that he bossed that game, and he's still young. And you know, I, I think I think I honestly think they have to be kicking themselves a little bit. You know, the season's no young, way. but. This is Zinchenko, why. why. This is why. He was amazing yesterday. The same reason I told you that we take about our transfer policy. City, it's like our MO when it comes to this. If you're on our roster and you are unhappy and you want to leave, blink twice and I'll send you to Milwaukee. Whatever you want. Milwaukee? We are never going... Uh, Anchorman, why not enter bark, Miami? Bark, bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Um <laughs> So, look, um, the this is the only thing that bothers me and upsets me. We did not replace him. Sergio Gomez was meant to be loaned out. Learned this through City Extra, which is owned Mike Ryan. by. It was a Mike yeah, Ryan exclusive. <laughs> Mike Ryan's got no exclusives. Uh, a Hornstein merchant. What? What I learned is that the, the agent for Sergio Gomez is Pep Guardiola's brother, who's also an agent. And Pep Guardiola's brother has already been said on record he was to be loaned out. We couldn't get a deal done before the season started. So whatever, he's on roster. When you Also, it's important to know, we could have signed Nuno Mendes last year from Sporting Lisbon way before PSG signed him. So when Nuno Mendes went last year, I was pretty pissed off. That was the signing that I knew we could have needed. Portuguese can fit right in, no problem. That is the only aspect that bothers me about Sinchenko. His wife is a reporter. His wife is a is a is a kind of like a news type person. She works out of London. Makes sense. Sinchenko came to us in a in a kind way, in a working with us way. He wanted more time. He was hurt a lot for us. He started for us a lot. In fact, I have screenshots of the times that he played for us and started with us. A lot of this all wasn't on City. This notion that we're missing him and all this, 
it was both ends. It was a good deal. He wanted out. He was hurt. We didn't know what to expect. Of course, that it looks bad now. This is more of neutrals and casuals thinking we are bad because we don't have Sinchenko. And that's nobody said that though. Hilarious to think. To think that who said that though? Oh, I, it, it's going with the whole trend of what we're boring, Brian. It's, it's Holland can score, and it's oh, yeah. I mean, so uh, it's it's boring. It's old city city doing these types of things are old. It's not it's not the new thing on the block. Yeah, losing losing Sinchenko. While it benefits Arsenal, and you have, I bet they feel bad for making Arsenal so strong. Or let's just stop and think for a second. Or did we do right by the players that wanted to leave? Whether it benefits anyone else, let's be very clear about this. Now we have a rivalry with Arsenal because it's the title race. But going into the offseason, there's only one team I'm not – there's only two teams I'm not giving my players to off the bat, straight up. I'm not taking United's call, and I'm not taking Liverpool's call, period. I have no problem with any player going to where they want. Now, if Sinchenko would have told us, hey, I actually want to stay in Manchester and I want to play for United, you know what? Let's have that conversation if you really want to have the balls to have the audacity to say that to us kind of thing. I'm looking at you, Carlito Tevez, which he didn't do that, but he's one who did the back and forth. So I'm not triggered or bothered by seeing Sinchenko happy and performing well. I am simply just noting that City, and knowing what we did for him, doing right by him, we should have been prepared to properly get that position covered. And we use Pep's brilliance as an excuse to not do it. That's what really triggers me. The fact that Jao Cancelo, oh, we've been doing it for years now. Jao Cancelo moves over to left back, looked good. We never got a traditional left back. We ended the game versus Wolves. Our back line was four center backs. Four fucking center backs. Pep Guardiola, John Stones was playing in midfield to end that game. When we go the system that we were going. Which John Stones looks fucking incredible. My God, never leaves you. The other thing I want to note really quick. We dominated. We took care of the job. It looked good. There's no concerns there. This might be a little bit of some shithousery. You tell me. I don't know if Arsenal are famous for doing this. The injury reports and the active list for the rosters. We will have players who train with us all week train with us all week. They were in first team training. And then on match day, not even being part of the squad. To learn that Phil Foden had a leg injury and sustained it in training only minutes after the game when he was training all week and wasn't even on the squad list. We've done it all year. We've done it in years before. I get it. I'm a little pissed off about it because right now is the year where we can't be having this type of fuckery uh, in the sense that are you trying to send Phil Foden a message? Is he really just having the niggles? I don't know what it is. What I know is right now, more than anything, Pep is pissed off and he's playing players that he feels 
are wanting to fight for the badge. Jack Grealish sprinted to end a counter and did a diving tackle, and it was marvelous to see. Akanji is not leaving the starting squad for the foreseeable future based on what we've been told and what we're seeing. Rico Lewis, we continue to start an 18-year-old. Now, he's playing well. I get it. But man, we're going to reach a point where he's a he's little above his bridges. I, I can assure you this. In the Premier League, if Rico Lewis starts against Arsenal, I'm going to almost have a heart attack. Not to say that the guy can't do it, but respect the and, and Pep does. Pep respects Miguel. I don't think he's going to do that. I'm very curious with the type of statements and messages that we're spending to this team that we're trying to gather. I truly feel like it's an off-season as of right now, that no matter what happens, even if we're successful, the following names, I think, are gone at a minimum. Bernardo, Ilgai Gundogan, Emmerich Laporte. Those three names, I just feel confident in saying, I think they're gone. I think they're going to find other things. They're going to find other opportunities. I'm almost... I don't I don't know. And I'm not going to get negative Nancy because it's it's the overall bigger picture. We got points. We did what we were supposed to do. Um, and I'm encouraged going into Friday's game with Arsenal. I really fucking am. Um, specifically with what we're going to try to do. I think we're really going to try to maybe mess with the lineup, maybe go for it. Because when do you guys, I was looking at the lineup or the game afterwards, you guys have Everton and we have Tottenham. A week after. So, though. so it's, a week after, there's no reason yeah. to not go strong. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm curious if we put out Rico Lewis. I'm curious if we'll see Kyle Walker. Um, Ruben Diaz is, is supposed to be back. So I don't think we'll see him. But City took care of business over the weekend. I just I'm very, very curious as to what's next with this kind of transition we're under. Yeah, for sure. And we'll do an episode breaking down that um, FA Cup game for sure. We'll just talk about that, and uh, that's it. But, yeah, so some other games over the weekend. Uh, start off the weekend, Liverpool-Chelsea. Terrible, terrible game. 0-0 zero, zero draw. What do we predict for that? You had a 2-2 two, two draw? Boom. Hit it again. Yeah, Look at you. Point. Got a point. And I predicted 2-1 to one Chelsea, and what the fuck was I thinking them getting two goals? Yeah. My God. Both teams getting two goals, I predicted, which was shambles in itself. Uh, honestly, one of the worst uh, Premier League games I've watched all season. Just yeah. completely toothless. If it wasn't for that Mudrick cameo, which everybody was talking about, um, there would be literally nothing to take away from this game. Literally nothing. Gakpo yeah. was sending balls into the rafters. Um, that was embarrassing. I don't know why he's playing striker. Harvey Elliott playing wing. I'm not really sure what Jurgen Klopp is doing. I, I really, you know, it, it with the success he's had, it's tough to go at him, but he kind of seems like he's not trying. <laughs> Give me a second. Someone's at my door. Okay.
So you weren't a fan of the Battle of the Mid-Off? <laughs> <laughs> no. El Shitico, um, whatever the fuck we're going to call it. It was terrible. Terrible game. Yeah. There's really nothing to analyze but that Red Mudra cameo. Did you watch it? Oh, I, mean, I watched the cameo. I watched the compilation he, he of everything good. that he did. Dude. He looked That's a 100 million player. I'll say it. That's mm-hmm. I'm not going that far I, yet. James I, Milner. That's all I'm gonna say. That's who was. That's who was marking him. James fucking Milner. And the runs he made were impressive. He looks good with the ball at his feet. But you know, people were very impressed with Noodles' first game and see how that turned out. So it's just one game. Liverpool can't defend. Um, but you could see why Mikel Arteta wanted him so badly. Yeah. He went through like four or five players in the box. It was yeah. like embarrassing yep. for Chelsea. That yep. guy, that I think that guy's the real deal. I think from, from from a movement, I I saw enough out of him that I haven't seen from Anthony this whole fucking time at United. And well, that's it's, true. That guy looks dangerous. Um, I'll be interested to see how clubs approach him. Definitely accurate with who he was playing against. I get it, James Milner. Fucking hell, James Milner starting at right back for a club in 2023. What in the fuck, man? That's shocking. Liverpool. God, dude. So stupid. But he looked good, Brian. I liked him. Yeah, no, he looked good for sure. He looked good for sure. And besides that, I really have nothing to say about this game. Two teams that are absolutely garbage this year. Um, (laughs) Both teams halfway through the season on 29 points. (laughs) <laughs> that is just that's embarrassing. That's absolutely embarrassing. And um listen, the thing about it is you look at the table, you know, 29 points, but Spurs have 21 games played and they're on 36 points. You know, that's Liverpool is on 19 games and have 29 points. They if Liverpool wins their two games in hand, they're at they're a point behind Spurs. So Top four isn't out of the question. I just I haven't seen the consistent play, but you know that's why teams like Man United have to be careful because you know Chelsea still now they're going back from uh, Enzo Fernandez, Caicedo mm-hmm. still looming. I mean you know they're going to spend another two hundred million pounds probably. And did you see the thing today that came out that UEFA wants to enforce those uh, contracts only going to five years? Did you see? Do that? they? Yeah, now uh, it's coming oh. coming out again today that they're not How happy about those contracts. The timing. Oh, yeah, after Chelsea. they fucking give out all those contracts too. But well, I'm I'm not mad about that. Look, I, this may be the American in me, and I'll go ahead and say it. I, I, we're no strangers to capitalism. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, to, to a certain degree, I, I I'm not knocking the the swindling that Bully is trying to do. It's smart, smart business, but. Yeah, it, it, it's a you're trying Easy. to find a loophole, loophole, and 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 take advantage of it. I get it. Here's what I don't like, Mister Bowley. Do your own fucking work, douchebag. Yeah. No one says you don't have to spend money and sign players to certain types of contracts. That's great, but have some fucking pride in what you own and do the work yourself. You never picked up the phone for you never understood what a mudrik was until Arsenal opened their face about him until one of them started twerking for the other. So it's shameful 
what you tried to do. And that's fine. You can hijack. I get it. No problem. Just hijack appropriately. Looking at you, United, you don't have a good history of doing that. So, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, it's still some shithousery we don't need in the game, right? It's it's a, it's just annoying. Um, they're a shameless, shameless club. They're the original oil club. And I hate everything about them. Uh, Bournemouth won Nottingham Forest won a point for Michael B. Jordan. But a disappointing point at, <laughs> yeah, but a disappointing point at that. They held the lead most of the game. Uh, yeah. Nottingham Forest knots it up at uh, 83, 83rd minute. What do we pick for this one? Because I honestly I didn't watch this game. Uh, neither did I. Uh, I had two to one, and you had one nothing to Bournemouth. Damn both of us picked Bournemouth fuck. to win. We Damn both it. had <laughs> one nothing was looking like a bullseye for eighty minutes of that match. Yeah, fuck. It's crazy. But yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, Lester getting a nice point against Brighton at home. Uh, surprising uh-huh. result. Matoma with another banger. Um. Lester was actually winning it, and Brighton actually probably is happy with getting that point at the end of it because it looked like they were going to lose. But, um, yeah, 2-2. What do we pick for that one? Both of us had Brighton winning. You had 2-1 to one Brighton. I had 3-1 to one Brighton. Zero points for us. Uh, yeah. Southampton versus Aston Villa. one nothing. Aston Villa. What do we pick for that? So for the Villa game, I had two to one Southampton, and you had two to one Villa. So you got you a point here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, Villa getting another three points. Unai Emery has definitely, uh, you know, kind of got a little more consistency out of them. Ollie Watkins with a 77th minute goal. And um, yeah, now we will go to El Sakiko. And it really was El Sacco. West Ham 2, Everton 0. Loser leaves town match, we called it. And it happened. West Ham 2, Everton 0. And Frank Lamport, Lampart. Goodbye, my friend. He's gone. Officially sacked as of today. And Everton will be in the market for a new manager. Rumors of Sean Dyche coming in. Get him out of that relegation zone. Um, but, yeah, Frank, Fat Frank, gone, sacked. And West Ham get a good three points in the uh, the classic El Sacico. Honest question. I'm not joking when I say this to you. Would you take him as your manager for the United States men's team? No. He sucks. <laughs> He's not good. He's not a good He's manager. He's not good, man. He needs to, he needs to go – he needs to go to championship, Dutch team, something like that, and yeah. work his way up because it's not a good start. You look at Everton, they have some decent players on there. There's no way they should be 18th and or 19th, yeah. whatever they are. And, yeah, he's gone, and now they're going to try to get out of this relegation zone, and their only, uh, their only mission is going to be to stay up. So I'm expecting if they do hire Sean Dyche, some ugly, ugly Burnley football try to steal some points here and there and get to 16th place and hope they don't get relegated because that would be a nightmare for Everton. Uh, they're, they're building a new stadium right now. <laughs> they need money to pay for it. You, you go to the championship. That's a massive loss of revenue. 
you're gonna have to fire sale all your players. It's it's gonna be bad. I mean, and that, yeah. that the fan base is already hostile as it is. Imagine if they get relegated. Did you know that Leighton Baines is part of that coaching staff? Is he? Yeah. I saw I earlier today that. that him and another guy were named as uh, people who are uh, in charge of the training. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I actually, I saw that right before I came here, but I was too busy watching Fulham suck it up. What a shitter they did. God, yeah. I hate Fulham. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Sean Dyche, what do you think of that hiring? That's that's strictly a relegation. Get us, get us, get us through. Keep us in the prem signing. I mean, it's not I official. Speak- that's the rumors. Yeah, I don't speak on on mercenaries who come on the clubs and get them out of relegation. I the more you speak about shit like that, the more it happens to your club. I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Best of luck to you. If you're in the if you're in the championship next year, fuck it. I hope well, Vincent Company and Burnley will be up next year. So, I I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's it's bad. I'm happy it happened because they needed it. I know one to two Everton fans and they're fucking miserable right now. It's a bad time to be a fucking Everton fan. So new stadium, yes, God, that and that's crazy. I think there's some money laundering going on over there, man. Because we saw their transfer, we we saw the money that they're spending. I don't know what the hell's going on with them, but they can't get it right. Yeah, and you just look at their starting lineup. It's it's not horrible. I mean, it's not not the the best, but. Damari Gray, Calvert Lewin, Connor Cody, Pickford. I mean, that Onana guy's pretty good. So I it's not like they're a terrible, terrible team. No, it's I agree. Lampart. Lampart's just not doing it and he is officially gone. So mm-hmm. uh, West Ham get a three points and it's gonna be interesting um to see where they go because Moyes, we've talked about it time and time again. There's no need to rehash it. But the craziest thing on this was they just get Danny Ings and he injures his knee and he's yep. out probably several weeks, they're saying. So that sounds like at least yep. a month. So, damn, $15 million down the drain. And uh, he's always injured because he's a decent player, but um, always injured that guy. And in his first, his huh? debut at West Ham, knee injury, probably not going to see him for at least another month. But, yeah, That's West wild. Ham United um, – I was looking at their schedule. I'm trying to bring it up because I think they have a pretty tough schedule. I'm trying to find it, though. Well, they're still in the Carabella, I think. Um, No, they're not. They're Carabella's not? Down to four, I think they're still in the FA, but the Carabao Cup's down to four, four teams. Um, Forest, Newcastle, Man United, and... I forget who the other team is. Where is this schedule? So, yeah, they're still in the FA Cup. They'll play in the FA Cup next Monday. Then they have Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, Tottenham away, Forest at home, Brighton away, Villa home, Man City away. So, besides that Forest game, that's a pretty tough schedule. Um, definitely a tough schedule. So I just said Newcastle away, Chelsea home, Tottenham away, Forest home. Does he make it? Does David Moyes make it to the Nottingham Forest game on February 25th? No. No? He's done? Yeah. They they lose to Newcastle away. They lose to Chelsea home. They lose to Tottenham away. 
That's it. That's that's it. That's yeah. it right there. And you got to have higher expectations, especially when some of these clubs are not the best right now. Newcastle, different, but Chelsea and uh, who's the other one? New, Newcastle, Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham away. Yeah, you got to be Tottenham. That's a derby. You, you, or draw. Yeah, or, or even just show some fight. But this, this West Ham team, man, I'm so down on what I'm seeing, especially when the signs aren't good for you when the main transfer you just brought in is, is fucked. Like, I mean, that's just bad luck, dude. There's not much you can do about yeah, that. Nothing, nothing's working for them. That, and that happens a lot. You even see it with Chelsea. Nothing's going right for them. Felix comes in, red card right away, suspended three games. You know, you yeah. see that a lot. So, um, but yeah, very interesting. And then Crystal Palace at home against Newcastle, 0-0. Newcastle becoming kings of the 0-0 draw. Um, Newcastle has, let's check out this. They have, where's their record? But yeah, did you watch this game at all while I'm pulling up this record? I didn't. And I did pull some good information from some of the shit that we're seeing from Newcastle. I think we should probably talk about that. They are are Um, truly shithousing it up. Truly shithousing it up. That attack has been terrible. Um, I think I saw one goal in their last four games. Um, three of those games ended zero zero. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting what's going on in Newcastle. I mean, they're getting results. They're still in third. That's insane, but let's pull up their record. Cause right now they're in third place and they're, why am I having such a tough time finding their fucking record? Oh, Nine draws. Nine draws for Newcastle. Ten wins, nine draws, still one loss, which is impressive. They're not losing, but I have a feeling. Now, their defense is playing worldly, worldly, right? Haven't Have only conceded 11 goals, I think, or, or 12. 12 goals in 20 games. Pretty, pretty awesome defensive record. But they're not getting any goals. They're not really even looking like they're going to score a lot. And um, yeah, what I have a feeling they're going to fall off slightly because I feel like this is not sustainable what they're doing. Yes, I agree. Twelve goals conceded. It's crazy to think they had gave up three goals to City. So crazy to think that that's just one game and the rest of them they only gave up fucking yeah. nine. That's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I have an interesting stat to talk about. You've brought this up a few times, and I wanted to do some due diligence on this because I don't know what the hell we're even talking about here. This stat about ball in play. This notion that Newcastle, other than just, for lack of a better way of putting it, they're just stinking it up from a play perspective. Yep. There's this notion that Newcastle played the negative football, the counterattacking, but there's so much less ball in play with them in comparison. In fact, they're averaging a 48-minute average this year. That's insane. Ball in play. They're basically playing a half of football. If I told you that last year's ball in play average was 55 minutes, what would you say? I'd say that's probably accurate. 
What the hell does this stat mean then? If they're doing forty-eight stop the clock. So I have the stats here for the last ten years. Well, from two thousand six to two thousand and twenty-one. This number is resting comfortably in the mid fifty-fives. Comfortably. How the hell are we getting games? First off, I need a better understanding of why ball in play is such a low fucking number from ninety minutes. Like yeah, you're 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 ridiculous. trying to you're trying to tell me over thirty minutes, over a third of this game is not being played with action. Like, yeah. what does that mean exactly? Well, I so, think they need to implement that World Cup, that World Cup stoppage time. Yeah, I don't think they'll yeah. ever do. I don't think they'll ever stop stop the clock. You know, you know how football is. They're very, they're they're like baseball almost, where you know it's it's the history yeah. of the game. You can't change that. But I think if you implement, yeah, the tradition. I think if you implement that World Cup stoppage time, and then you know Newcastle shit housing it up, and then they go, oh well, well guess what, guys? There's 15 extra minutes added here. I think a couple games of that. They're playing extra games. They start losing in stoppage time. I think that shit will end really quick, and we'll get we'll get we'll get some time back right away. So I think I, I really like that World Cup thing because you didn't see as much shit housery. You saw the ball was actually in play a lot because you know, hey, we're playing you know game a lot of games. Sometimes three games a week. We can't afford to play an extra extra twenty five minutes of stoppage time. Well, hey, yeah, play play the game, and we won't do that. We'll just have six minutes. So I think that was a good uh, – I really like that. And I think if they implement that in the Premier League, um, I think you'll see a lot of this shit go away. Because, listen, it's fucking disgraceful. It, it really is. I get it's a tactic, um, but this is this is a new thing where you're trying to shithouse your way to top four. Um, I have a feeling it's going to backfire at some point. <clears throat> you know, their defense is playing well, but, you know, I feel like at some point – People are going to be able to break them down a little bit and uh, start scoring goals. And we see that they can't score goals themselves. So I have a feeling they're going to hit a little bit of bad form soon. And and what's really interesting is not a lot of transfer rumors. I figured they'd be trying to do something in this market. I'm not seeing a whole lot. Yeah, I think they're operating on the, the funds haven't hit the account yet type thing. Um, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, we know that Newcastle are truly owned by the uh, Saudi state, so you'd imagine that deals could get done. Uh, I think they could be waiting for the off season, though, because I think they want to reassess how everything is. It's early on in the in the transfer and the transition for them, so I think they're trying to be careful with it. I, I'm not. I see the games. I didn't see this one all in all, but I do see the games for Newcastle. I see when they play the big games. I'm just not seeing a huge difference from what the league averages to what they do. And I, I mean, guess I, I just got it. I saw it in that Arsenal game. I'm not watching their full games. And yeah. then even in the Fulham game last week, I watched, they were doing that shit again. And it was, it was annoying. Really, really yeah. annoying. And I feel like things are bouncing their way a little bit. Mitrovic fucking <laughs> hits the ball off his foot on a penalty kick. You know, they're, they're getting, they're getting a few things going their way. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like you know Tottenham in the beginning, where we were going. How are they fucking in third place? You know, draw after draw, draw second, after draw. And, and they're playing terrible football. It'll catch up, and then now the bad form is starting to hit Tottenham. So yeah. I feel like they're, they're going to dip a little bit. So that'll definitely be interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. I we'll see. FIFA gods aren't gonna go ahead and support and reinforce winners that way. So eventually, now Isaac's back. I did see him playing, so he's healthy. Yep. Um, we'll see what kind of signing that is. Maybe that's why they didn't want to make some moves. Now that you're getting players off of injury, uh, you kind of yeah. want to see what they have. But I don't know. I'd still question they could have made some moves to maybe secure that top four or add some depth from the attacking standpoint. But I don't still know. I can't speak until true yeah very true yeah there's we got about another week so yeah i'm seeing they're getting linked to anthony gordon and calvert lewin i don't i don't understand those moves at all (laughs) Um, don't get those ones at all another zero zero draw though leads at brentford didn't watch this game honestly very surprised by that score line three zero zero draws this weekend man who somebody had the prop bet on that and then won big time in vegas um but yeah, that was pretty surprising. I didn't see the game. Did you? No, I didn't. And I thought about this a little bit when I was looking over the scores. It's low action in some of these games. It looked like we just had yeah. one to two highlight games. And then after that, it was kind of just dull kind of matchups. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty dull weekend. And then we just had Spurs 1-0 win over Fulham. Get the win uh away at Fulham, so it's a good one for them. But it was a typical Spurs game. Honestly, they barely had the ball in the first. Fulham were very good, and then Fulham, they have a tendency to do this. I felt like they did this in um, the game against Man City even. There was a couple other games where I saw where they just stop attacking in the second half, and they just play on their back foot. And it was a bad second half from them, a bad second half of, of, of play overall. And Spurs get the win, and we'll, we'll end with this because Harry Kane gets another miraculous goal. He's a great finisher. Uh, constantly, constantly, they're performing at a low XG, and Harry Kane gets an awesome, awesome winner. And, um, yeah, report comes out today. You know, we've been banging it all season. 18 months on the contract. When we started the podcast, 23 months. You know, it's time for Harry to show some ambition. Because if you ain't winning with Jose Mourinho, if you ain't winning with Antonio Conte, you're not winning a, a tro- trophy. You stay with Spurs again, you, you're, you're looking at the ceiling of a Carabao Cup. Like, that's what, that's what you're going to bring home to your trophy cabinet <laughs> at best. Let's be fucking real here. They have no chance of winning the Premier League. They have no oh. chance of winning the Champions League. Them getting to a Champions League final was a fluke in itself. They'll never get back there. Trust me. And then they'll never win the Premier League. Their owner doesn't have the ambition. They always make the wrong moves. They they don't fucking, you know, and then when it comes to it, they, they don't show up when it's they're supposed to. So All facts. So for me, that report that came out from Ornstein, and Ornstein's very legitimate. I think uh-huh. it's Fabricio, then Ornstein especially when it comes to English stuff. Ornstein's probably better than Fabrizio. That Harry, Kane, that Harry Kane is open to returning to Tottenham. What's your opinion on this, uh, Orlando? Well, let's take it a step further. That he wants to sign an extension to his contract there. This is a club that fired the special one days before a cup final. Yeah, that was embarrassing. This is a club that went and got the epitome 
an ideal manager you get when you are ready to spend a treasure chest full of gold to get him all the toys and you've done quite the opposite. I'm very curious how they're going to fire Antonio Conte or how that's going to go separate ways. I'd imagine he's just going to leave one day and all of a sudden people are going to realize he's cleaned out his office kind of thing. It's going to be a mutual thing. Hey, it's a mutual. They'll announce it as that. Harry Kane's agent is his brother. This is a known fact, and this came up in the negotiations when City were trying to sign Harry Kane. Harry Kane went from showing his world-class talent, and he's world-class because he starts for England. So I'll leave it there. I'm not going any further into that part. He's world-class for England, gets plenty of goals, shows his ability. The year he wins the golden boot, he led goals and assist. The guy's pretty talented. He's great. He went from an opportunity to leave that at the peak, and because of the same shysty owner, didn't want to give him the benefit, give him the leverage to work a deal because of his incapable brother. I hold true to the fact that Harry Kane would be a Manchester City player. Not my liking, by the way. I was on record by saying I never wanted it. Harry Kane. I'm probably wrong. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Probably would have fit us. Yeah. Charlie his brother. Kane. His brother, Charlie Kane, negotiated the sit-down with Daniel Levy and trying to get him out of Man City. If it were any competent man who, with previous agent ability, Harry Kane would be Man City by now. Two years, and we'd probably be looking a little bit differently, and I don't know what could have happened. But not the case. Because he confides in some... This this small example, Brian, is like what United do with all of their great heroes. Oh, we liked Ole Gunnar when he won with us, but we can't fire him because we like him. Harry Kane can't fire his brother as his agent because he likes him. It's his fucking brother. If he had any sense to him, he would tell him, look, we got to do something right. This is could be my next, my last deal, my last meeting field deal. Look at me. Look at my life. These are my X, Y, and Z important factors. This is what I need done. And all respect, bro, I don't think you can help me with this. Yeah. Have the tough conversation, Harry. It's okay. You've done enough for him. Lord knows Charlie Kane would have been A-OK as a banker, living his life. Could have gave him wages to come over and clean your toenails for all I fucking care. You could have did whatever. But this is your career. And you're putting your career in your brother's hands. Such a stupid, stupid decision. But, and I think you're about to say this and segue into this. Is he just a loser of a mindset human being and just doesn't even give a fuck about a special word called trophies? Maybe he doesn't even care about trophies, Brian. I don't know. But this is abysmal. This is a career. I judge you way differently. You will never be on any GOAT list of mine if you decide to stay there and re-sign. Yeah, I it for me we've said it all season. If he stays there, he has no ambition, and uh-huh. for me, I'm sorry. As as he's gonna break goal records, he's gonna do this. 
if you retire with an empty trophy cabinet, those things mean nothing. They're individual achievements. To be a great player, you must achieve at the club level and the World Cup level. And we know how England bottles it. We know Southgate's a moron. That's going to be tough. Mm. And we know this is this is a club that listen it's one thing to be loyal and in some way i kind of admire his loyalty but let's get it let's get it straight this club has not been loyal to you harry kane Facts. they have not they have not been loyal they don't give a shit about you they love the goal scoring they love the 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 kit sales that they get from you they love mm-hmm. all that shit but they're they're haggling sporting lisping over a forty five million uh, million euro release clause right now, and I, again another report today. It's the same fucking shit too. New round it's of talks right. have taken place between Sporting and Tottenham. He won't be sold unless the release clause of forty five million euros gets paid. So we're talking forty million pounds. Yeah, this is a player that Conte wants. This is a player that Tottenham needs. He's a wingback on the right side where they have Emerson fucking Royale. And they're haggling over this. And yep. this is a club you want to stay loyal to? <laughs> Let, let's keep it 100. This is a club you want. What have they? What extra mile have they done? gone for you? They haven't. Yep. They built a new stadium. That's for Daniel mm-hmm. Levy. So he can have NFL there. So he can have concerts there. That's yep. not so he can win trophies. So... You can admire the loyalty, but then it ends for me because the club has to be loyal back to you, and they haven't. When it comes to going to the extra mile, Tottenham don't do it. Daniel Levy doesn't. What's the plan with Conte? Honestly, if you're not going to fucking give him everything he wants, then why is he there? Why the Mm -hmm. fuck is he there? You know who he is. The guy left Milan after winning the title because they weren't going to back him in that window. I mean, what are we doing here, Tottenham? And this is where Harry Kane wants to stay. For me, yeah. that's a weak mentality, buddy. It's embarrassing. I think you just hit it nail on the head. They have not been loyal and supportive of him and getting him more toys, getting him more players that fit the level that he's trying to succeed at. Unless, of course, you know, these conversations weren't had. Aaron Judge... Yep just signed a contract with the New York Yankees and immediately signing it. Now, again, we can criticize and speculate as to the rest of the deals. I get it. But immediately afterwards, we went and got something done for the best left-handed pitcher on the market. Now, again, I know it's not done. There's more work to be done and I'm not happy with where we currently are, but you got to show signs of certain things. Also, the the main signing, right, by taking care of him is getting Rizzo because yeah. Rizzo and Judge have that strong relationship. So understanding the importance of certain players and working it. Now, Yankee fans will agree we're not after all the winning, and I hear you. There's plenty of issues going on with our Yankee camp as well. But you've got to show the signs. You're doing it more for just the player you're trying to sign. You're doing it also for future players. The Tottenham negotiating with Lisbon about a release clause is so embarrassing. What is this? You see, what, like, Chelsea did it with Enzo as well. But, I mean, but that was a huge release clause. So right, it's right. forty-five million, and the kid's good. He's good. Yeah. He's a wingback. 
I, it, it it's it boggles my mind to think that you're taking such a cheap tactic to doing this. Like it's a shame. It's a shame because I'm I'm here to tell you we shit the bed on Friday. I think we might activate that release clause on them. It's a buyback for us, and it's only twenty for us. Oh, we really? got a special disc, yeah, because Pedro Porro actually belongs to City. Um, isn't he more of like a wingback specialist? You think he'll fit in yeah. your system? That's what I've heard. My guy, this is Pep Guardiola. You better start yeah, thinking yeah. like this when it comes to Mikel. He ain't playing right back for us. We're sticking that motherfucker at CDM. We're looking at him possibly taking if he if we do this and he plays. What about Calvin Phillips? I was just about to literally tell you Calvin Phillips goodbye in the summer. It's not we are That's not right working. now, bro. It, well, not yet. I'm not going to go off to say that. I know, that. but He's we can hurt. say right now it's not working. And right Pep now, called yeah. him out about his fitness too, which was interesting. Yeah, and then he also said he's a beautiful. He's got a sexy body. Like so, <laughs> they're they're playing games with it, but yeah, there's no games. question. There's no question. It does not look good. It's right now. It doesn't seem right. And look to see how he looks in the Champions League. I know he's going to be actually. He might get a start on Friday. I don't know. We'll see. I never know fucking no shit when it comes to rotation in my players anymore. Pep is just a madman this year. Nothing's fitting for him. So we go out and get Pedro Boro. I'm telling you, it just helps more of the shit banter going on with these Spurs fans because it's like you're being so cheap, so cheap for no reason. Just spend. You got to spend a little bit. Stop with the loan deals. Stop with the with the trading and, and buyback clauses. Just get the fucking player if you want them, dude. You have to. That, that to me is the epitome of, of, you know, this club doesn't give a fuck about you, Harry. This is a player that yeah. can come in and help you guys get Champions League. And they're haggling. Trissard. Brighton said we want 20. We want to start at 20. Tottenham offered 12. <laughs> said 20. We, we said 20, Tottenham. Not, I not, forgot. Not 12. I don't know if you lost that in translation. And then Arsenal come in. Hey, we got we got embarrassed in the Mudrick saga. You want 20? We give you 20. Deal wrapped up in 24 hours. I mean, and I don't even think we're good in business. I think we're learning from our mistakes. But, I mean, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Zaniola. Oh, we want to get him on a loan. Come on, guys. And then they yeah. wonder, but but and this is what this is what I don't get about Harry Kane. You want to stay with this? Yeah. Did you hear the yeah. Fulham game? Your whole crowd wasn't chanting anything about Harry Kane that first half. They were chanting yeah. they want Daniel Levy out. <laughs> Daniel Levy's not going fucking anywhere, Kane. Your fan base can't stand the guy, yet you want to you, you want to sit in a room and sign a contract with him, an yeah. extension. I'm sorry, you, you're a top player. You have more ambition than that, and you go to your stupid fucking brother and say, "Hey, I'll find another client. I'm Harry Kane. Get me the fuck out of here." And if we're not on the same page, you got you got five months to figure this out. I, I'm at twelve months in June, and Manchester United and Bayern Munich want me. So if yeah. you can't figure that out then you'll be gone. Look for a new job in, in, in May. So, I mean, that's 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 how a superstar is. And I get it. The first contract, you kind of want to win something at Tottenham. But you're in your 30s now, my friend. You're coming to the end yeah. of your career, and you have no fucking trophies in your cabinet. 
and you're gonna re-sign? I'm sorry, that's 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 yeah. fucking embarrassing. Yeah. What it's what's hilarious, I'll say it again, seventy one million is what City offered. We for what? offered for Harry Kane. Oh really? Tottenham, we, yeah, we we called him up and said. I thought they were going to go for more than that, right? That was well, the starting they, point. That was the starting point. Yeah, yeah, that's what we talked about, and they just laughed at our. They just no, we're not even having the conversation, and we tried telling them without anyone listening. Like, yo, I am telling you today, we're giving you starting ten million more than what we can go get someone in a year from now. We're Gucci, my guy. We just won the title, but he seems unhappy. He won the Golden Boot. And led the league in assists. We're offering you 71. Daniel Levy wanted the yeah. please kick rock, City. That's a joke. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And whatever. If you're Harry Kane sitting home watching that Manchester United game and you're seeing Vout Ven- Ven- the uh the Broadhurst, man. Vout Broadhurst, whatever the fuck his name is. You're seeing that guy give absolutely nothing to the team. Yeah. And they still battling with the, the team that's top of the Premier League. When your team last week later. at home, yeah, got battered two nothing, and your goalie's yeah. throwing the ball in the net. Yeah, so you can go to United, <laughs> so, and you could be in a title race next year. No, no joke. I mean, because you had came to that team, that's a scary team. Let's make no mistake about that. You're you're not you're not doing the one thing that's in front of us. You're not doing the one thing that's in front of us, and let's just fucking do it. 80 million transfer offer from Arsenal. Run the league for the next Campbell four two. years. Why not? Why not? I, I, that would be smart. That would be funny. Cheeky. That would be fucking genius. I'm yeah, telling you would, right now, Cole I can Campbell see part two. Tottenham fans would fucking die. Bro. It would be I, funny. It, to do it for banter. <laughs> just for banter. I don't even have to look at the on-field production. Just for fun, just do it. Oh, just to pit alone with fucking enrage Tottenham fans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and you, I, it would be, it would be so dreadful for their fan base, man. I mean, it would be dreadful for me too because I would be so fearful now, completely. You think I'm fearful when you sign Jesus? Imagine adding Harry Kane and sticking Jesus at winger. Jesus as a, oh my God, Jesus off the bench. Jesus, Jesus going in for Martinelli on the left. Trussard. I mean, dude, that that team that would be disgusting too about the Eddie thing because I almost like Jesus as that guy that floats around. He'll play on the right, give Saka a rest. He'll play on the left, give Martinelli a rest. He'll play down the middle, give Nketi a rest. You know, hell, he play him in the ten. Even I think he could do that. You know, just use him as that utility guy off the bench or a utility starter. I, I love him in that role because he's so versatile and he can play any now of the, those forward spots. Now, the, the thing about it, you would have to – and it would be the commitment and sitting down and having the conversation about him playing that winger spot, which, again, as a City fan, I'm telling you, he is more than capable of not only doing yeah, yeah. it, but very open to, 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 to doing it as a team player concept. Um, you would have to have that, I think, out of respect – for Gabriel Jesus, oh, of course, which I think he deserves. This I think you have to have. And Arteta's going to give him. him that respect. Yeah, Arteta loves him. You know, yeah, the he's, reason he's, he's here. Exactly. He he would have to have the conversation like, "Hey, we just made an offer for Harry Kane. You're about to hear it on the news. We just want you to be aware. You're still a part of this kind of thing." Because that would be 
I mean, that's Holland 2.0 for him experience-wise, you know? That's detrimental yeah. for a guy, which we already know he has a little bit of those kind of in-his-feeling moments. He's mm-hmm. noted that and acknowledged that. So yeah. you'd have to be careful. But I see from an Arsenal perspective, <laughs> that's I mean, the so move if I'm... Why? Why would you watch that game? You said it perfectly. You watch that game and you see United and they're interested in you and all that. You watch that game and you get that out of that game. If I'm Harry yeah. Kane, I watch that game and you know what I get? I'm the missing piece missing. for United. That's what I I'm said. The miss- I'm the missing piece. I-, I can be the missing piece for United or I can just go be a part of the boys in the red side of London and go win titles. Yeah, yeah, why not? But yeah, no, just I, I, it would never happen. I don't, I don't think so. And if if he's this attached to Tottenham, I think he wouldn't do that. You know, if you're this attached, where they're in the fucking mud and you want to sign a new contract, I don't think he would do that. Just he he must love Tottenham. I guess I I, I don't understand. That bitch how he can love that blood club. If that's the case. Yeah. But God. But just like yeah, if, if Harry Kane goes to United next year, they're a scary team. Period. Like that's. Uh-huh. He's he he would be perfect for what Ten Hag wants and does, mm-hmm. and that you you just automatically add twenty league goals on the season. Just just yeah. put it in, pencil it in, and that'd be dangerous yeah. uh, for sure. But yeah, I, I I laughed at that when I saw that this morning. I'm like, are, are you serious? Like really? You, you have Bayern and United, and I'm sure there'll be other clubs interested by the time we get to June, big clubs. And and yeah. nah, I want to stay at Tottenham. I I think things are going well here. Fans are chanting they want Levy out, but uh, you know, I think things are going well. Shameful, shameful, <laughs> absolutely shameful. Levy's at the wheel. Hold on to him. Hold on yeah. to him, Spurs fans. Before we get out of here, we have to at least acknowledge the beatdown that took place in Philadelphia this Saturday. Oh fuck! <laughs> if that's how you want to acknowledge it and move on, I'm okay with that because it was it was brutal. <laughs> I turned off the TV. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. Uh, we got our asses kicked. Yeah, I'm gonna say about this game is real simple. Um, they beat us at every phase of the game. Mm-hmm. There are a thousand ways to get a job done, and there are a thousand ways to show how you win and how you do it. And I, what I'm about to point out, if this was done for my fan, for my team, in this sport. I honestly probably would have come on this pod and been like, I don't know, man. I think it's a little much because it's not the way that we kind of done things the way we've always done things. Nick Sirianni, you have the most punchable fucking face in the world. (laughs) Nick Sirianni, you have pissing me off. You are the definition of a man who's never done it before, but are acting like a man who is never going to not be there again. You have kind eyes, and they're so kind that I want to punch them in the fucking face. I want to punch you right in the eye, both of them, simultaneously. I think you're a douchebag. I think you very much know where the cameras are, and you're part of this new phase of coaching that says a little bit is look at me. I think you saw Sean McVay kind of play the game and see what he can and can't do from a coaching perspective, and then he saw you got a TV deal, and then you thought to yourself, I'm the head coach now. Not only do I have an opportunity to win and do the dream that I love, I also want to back this up by never, ever having to be an assistant ever again. 
you have the world looking at you for all the wrong fucking reasons right now. You deserve to be punched in the fucking face. You're a douchebag, like straight up. And this is coming from a fan base. This is coming from a fan base, by the way, that looks at your fan base and wonders how are they not all in prison? So let's be let's be very clear here. You what I got a Philly fan who listens to this and we go back and forth in the DMs and I can, I can actually pull out a few right now to kind of note what this Eagles fan base thinks about this guy. And they love it. They love every about everything about it. And I can kind of quote he 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 gets the city. He resembles he he knows what it's like to be an Eagles fan or an Eagles player. Okay. Okay. Roll with this because I last I remember Doug Peterson won you a Super Bowl and Big Dick Nick won you a Super Bowl and we were rolling and we were getting things going. All those players gone. All of it kind of restarting. You guys do a good job of staying relevant. Probably be a lot more better job consistently than the Giants. I get it. Mm-hmm. We're rising. You guys are probably playing the best. I actually think you're going to the Super Bowl. Whether you win it, I don't know. But let it be known on the 23rd of January in the three, in the year 2023, Nick Sirianni is a fucking douchebag. And I wish that guy nothing but absolute failures. Not because you stomped us, dude. I've, I can hold L's on the, on the field and the pitch. That's no problem. It's because you're an absolute fucking narcissistic dick. You are all about looking like you're the best and looking like you want to be seen. That's not what looking a fucking head coach does. Dude, he's a douchebag. I fucking hate that man, dude. Legit would have some words with that asshole. I have nothing more to say. I co-sign everything <laughs> I just said, and we're going to end it there. The podcast is over. Mic drop moment from Lando. Premier pep talk, episode 27. We're out of this bitch. Fuck you, Sirianni. Fuck that guy.